Welcome to Real Souls with yours truly, Peggy Bennett. Uh, I'm really excited to have on two special guests with me today, Dr. Michael Arn and his wife, Dr. Ashley Arn. They show modern women how to meet their ideal man and create a relationship that lasts with their unique four-step program. Before we go into all that and more, I would love to have each of you tell me a little about your background and um, also how you two met. So who would like to start? <laughs> I'll go first. Well, thanks for, thanks for having this conversation. We love these conversations. It's very important. You know, our, right now our mission in life is to help a million women have the relationship they want with who they want while making the impact they want. And that, that mission comes from both of our backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I grew up in Wisconsin. My dad was very much into psychology and so mainly through sports and, you know, the mindset and psychology of sports. So I grew up around that. And so I always had this, you know, this thing that psychology was really important in people's lives. Didn't know quite how, but it seemed important to me growing up. And, and then I started to pay attention to women. <laughs> and I uh, was terrible with women and I didn't understand women and I didn't know how to talk to women that I was attracted to. You know, I could talk to women that I wasn't attracted to or that I wasn't into, but I could not talk to women that I was interested in. And so that was a total disaster. And I read <laughs> all these books. I, you know, did online things. I read all these articles. So you know, at the time I subscribed to all these rules, these rules, you got to follow these rules. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And so for a long time, I was not me. I was this kind of chicken with his head cut off, running around, following all these rules to try to, you know, connect with these women that I was wanting to be in a relationship with. And it just felt like a very harried, non-functional uh, strategy that actually even wasn't working. So, you know, that's where I was, total disaster. And then I got back into psychology. I really wanted to figure this out. I got into psychology. I went to school. I uh, got my doctorate in psychology with an emphasis in relationships. So I really became obsessed with this topic. And, um, you know, figured it out along the way. And I met Ashley along that path. So what's... You want to tell and then a little bit? Me. Tell a little bit about <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, I would say that our backgrounds and our upbringing were pretty different, with the exception that both of our parents have been married for a really long time. And one of the things that I find to be so fascinating about their relationships are just that commitment is really there, you know. My parents have been married for almost 50 years, 50 years next year. And your parents have been married for like almost 60 years. Right. Wow. That's so, fabulous. Yeah. So they've been married. For, so that means we're old as well. Yeah, <laughs> for a really long time. And so we both came from families where there, our parents were committed to each other, but we learned a lot in, in terms of what that commitment looked like. And you know, back, back in the day when our parents got married, it was much more about marrying someone out of convenience or because they knew your family or because of all of those other reasons. And then you were just really committed once you got into that partnership. Exactly. Versus 
making a conscious choice in a compatible partner. So we saw the commitment piece. I mean, for me, as far as my background went, I was a dating disaster too. <laughs> I was always interested in psychology, but mainly because I was trying to understand my family dynamics and I wanted to help people and I loved giving. And so I really thought, I mean, especially in the early days of my career, it looked like a lot of different things. I thought I was going to help kids. And then <laughs> I decided I couldn't help kids unless I had a degree. And then I went to get my degree. And then I realized parents a lot of times were the problem. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> really need help, you know? And then it became about like getting to the place where we, we could really help people make a conscious choice in a compatible partner so they could avoid all of that stuff. And so for me, like I just was the, what I call the bendy twisty pretzel where I didn't really know what I wanted or who I was. And I did do some dating intentionally, but a lot of the times I was just meeting whoever happens to be in my vicinity. And it wasn't necessarily somebody that was a good fit for me. And then I would change myself to be what I thought that person wanted instead of really being clear on who I was, what I was bringing to the table and what I needed in a relationship too. Oh, and that's so common, especially at a younger age to be like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then we did get together and uh, we started, you know, we had a personal relationship, our relationship, and we started working together uh, professionally too which was really cool to, to be working with people, have a male and female together. And um, then we worked at eHarmony together for quite a bit of time and, you know, rolling into what we do today. Wow. So you, gosh, that you're married and you also work together. You're together a lot. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Wow. That's amazing. So we did a lot of couples uh, therapy with with couples, especially starting in our career. And, you know, one of the things we saw was that, you know, maybe about 50% of people needed to upgrade their skills or they had some emotional challenges or things, you know, that were getting in a way that they could work on. And then the other 50% of the people were just terrible matches. They shouldn't have even been together if they would have made better choices you know, before even getting together, it would have really been helpful. So that's why we've also gotten on the front end of things now, which is helping people, you know, how to find the right person and choose the right person, because that's just as important as having, you know, the long-term relationship skills. Yeah, and that's the truth. We're definitely getting into relationships thinking that the other person was going to change and Mm. quote unquote, like dating someone's potential versus you know, really seeing the relationship for what it was and in the honeymoon phase and in the beginning phase of our relationship, that's when things should be the best, right? you know, but people rely on and they hope for, oh, when X happens, then this person will change or the relationship will be different. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Before we go into all that, I want to back up with eHarmony because I think that's so fascinating that is it correct that both of you work there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what were some insights um, that you, what were some takeaways from that after um, working there? How many years did you work there? We worked there for a number of years and there's a lot of takeaways. Uh, It's so interesting. Online dating, you know, I would say that one of the takeaways for me is 
in our love lives, you, you could be the CEO of a company, a great parent, uh, you know, doing well in many areas of your life, have a great social network, and then you could do some very irrational things in your love life. And, oh my gosh, we saw so many blunders. It was hilarious. I mean, just when it came to people's profiles and the distinct difference between when you actually connected with or spoke to somebody and how they were versus how they were presenting themselves online, good or bad, it went both ways. We saw amazing people with terrible profiles. I mean, horrible, like shower selfies and <laughs> no, like pictures of other people in their profile. <clears throat> Excuse me. That one time there was a guy who, who had a photo of him as his profile photo, skydiving with a dog. And I said, oh, that's a really cool picture. What an interesting thing. He's like, it's not me. It's my friend. Oh, gosh. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and then on the flip side, you know, so you would have these terrible profiles, amazing people who just didn't know how to market themselves. I mean, there's so many professional careers where you're not marketing yourself. You know, you're behind the scenes doing whatever it might be. And then on the flip side, there were so many people who had amazing profiles and just were not great matches or it was a very self-serving reason or whatever the case might be. Well, and so one of the things we really took away from working behind the scenes at one of the bigger online dating companies is, number one, it's really simple and easy to stand out in a positive way because 99% of people don't have good profiles. They don't have good photos. They're not authentically talking about themselves. Or so, they're talking about run-of-the-mill stuff. Yeah, so it's actually... You know, like, mm. I like traveling. Literally, that is on every single person's profile. So <laughs> for anyone listening, the good news is, is it's really easy to stand out in a positive way. Kind of like, you know, in your career. If you show up on time, you're loyal, you kind of do a couple of fundamental things well... You're going to stand out because most people don't do those things. Mm -hmm. And most people, the second thing really is that most people are caught up in an on again, off again, love affair with online dating. So the thing that we hear the most is that people go online for some period of time. You know, maybe it's a couple of weeks, maybe it's a couple of months. They go on a string of what they consider to be bad dates. They get discouraged and then they put it to the side. And it could be for weeks or for months or for some people for years. And they focus typically on what they're, what's happening in their career because they get better results there. Right. And then eventually there's a trigger that makes them yearn or want a relationship again. And maybe it's a wedding or a friend having a baby or just seeing somebody in love again. And it rekindles it. And then they follow that cycle over again. Because, yeah. because they're going back online doing the same things that didn't work before. Yeah, we call this the gym membership style of dating where, you know, it's kind of like when, you, when you're trying to work out, you go to a, you get a gym membership, you're excited, you go all in, you're there for like two, three weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going three, four, five times a week, you don't see results right away. So all of a sudden now you're going two, one, two times a week. You know, all of a sudden by February 15th, you're, you're not going at all. Again. That's such a good well, analogy. It's so true. Yeah. And you don't cancel your gym membership. You're just not going. 
because then, you know, in April, again, you're triggered, you know, summer's coming up, you want to get in shape, and then you do the same thing over again, and that's what people do in dating. The other thing I would say about your online profile is, so number one, it is simple to stand out in a positive way, but number two, the other problem is that most people are delusional about how good their profile is. Oh man, so delusional. Whenever we talk to people, they're like, well, I have good photos. I, you know, the profile I have is, is good. And then we'll look at it and, you know, we'll say, no, that is one of the biggest factors in you not, you know, you're spending these tens of maybe even hundreds or thousands of hours uh, online dating, get in-person dating. But, you know, if you don't spend that five, ten 15 hours nailing your profile down all those other hundreds and thousands of hours coming after it are kind of a waste absolutely kind of like if you're applying for a really good job if you're just sending resumes out non-stop you're spending tens of hours a week doing this but your resume is not elite it's not nailed down perfectly you're just wasting your time such a good point such a good point yes Photos are so important. Yes. And yeah. most people's photos are, you know, people will tell us with confidence that their profile is amazing. And 99% of the time, and we warn our clients about this up front. We're like, listen, we're probably going to tell you <laughs> that we need to change a few things. I'm just going to let you know now we tell 99% of people that. So, you know, it's one of those things where, we're just not used to talking about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And online dating is very counterintuitive to how you make an actual connection in real life. So it's hard. You know, we're not, when we're looking somebody in the eye, there can be moments of silence. When we're looking somebody in the eye, we can read their facial expressions. When they soften, when they look engaged, when they look interested, then it encourages us to keep sharing or to keep talking. But you don't have any of that in the online framework. So it's really hard to go in entirely cold and try to build a connection with someone. The other thing that we've seen, and this is people don't, so your mindset and strategy going into using online dating mm -hmm. is extremely important. So how you use your time online dating and energy is very important. So what most people do is they spend a majority of their time searching through profiles, really reading into profiles, you know, really looking into someone's pictures and they spend a majority of their time kind of analyzing profiles. Like and you can spend, no. you can spend hours no. doing this. Mm -hmm. The best, the best use of your time is to make sure you have amazing photos. You have an amazing profile, the written part, and that you're messaging people in an effective way. You want to spend the least amount of time analyzing profiles. That's where you're just kind of analyzing profiles is like watching the menu on your TV. <laughs> the guide. Yeah, the guide. You know how sometimes you just right. watch the guide for like 15 minutes. You're like, what am I doing? I just got to pick a show. <laughs> That's what analyzing profiles is. It feels like you're doing something productive, but you're not. So the only thing productive is getting into conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And so take time off of analyzing profiles and put almost 90% of it onto these conversations and, mm -hmm. and getting your profile right. And do you help your clients with that part of it? Uh, yes. Yeah, 
if you're not getting results from online dating and there's not some external factor, like you live literally in Alaska where there's no one within 400 miles, even then you can be open to the whole country then. But anyways, if, if you're not getting results, you want, you want to look at your photos, what you wrote about yourself. Are you proactively reaching out to people and how are you messaging people on the site and leading up to that first date? Those are the factors. Those are the leverage points in successfully doing online dating. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting results, one or more of those things are, there's a hole there. Mm -hmm. So um, your clients, who's your demographic? Who do you work with? Well, so we work with women who, again, they want to have this relationship while also making an impact in the world. So they're generally professional women, women who are doing great things in their career or for philanthropy. They're, they have a great social network. They have a really full life, but they haven't figured this area of their life out yet. They're getting a lot of wins and a lot of happiness and a lot of success out of other things in their life. But this is kind of like the final piece. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've been so amazed by the women that have come to us and been so committed to making this a priority in their life and how drastically their age has vacillated. Our youngest client was 21 years old and our oldest client at this point was 70. So oh, I love it. You know, there's a, there's a, a greater chunk in there somewhere in the middle. Right. Of, age of our clients are but I mean when you people who are are super super committed seek us out they want to take action now they know that they want what we call really an elevated partnership they're not just looking for somebody to do things with they're Mm -hmm. not just looking for you know a warm body they want someone who is going to be an equal who's going to be a support who they can support where there's a lot of reciprocity in the relationship. And it's about so much more today, which can be a blessing and a curse, but it's about so much more than just being in a relationship because we have new standards. You know, we want something that really is elite and that's going to withstand the test of time. Now, so you- one of the biggest factors I would say is these are amazing women who are using, let's say, the strategies, mindset, and skills of, you know, of the masses or of what the average person does. And that's just not going to get you the results you want. Mm-hmm. Now, you two are out of the San Francisco area. Do you see your clients only in person or do you do this virtually as well? We do both. We, yeah, we have clients all over the U.S. and we work with people internationally as well on like a case by case basis. Um, but we do everything virtually when we are in town or our clients are in town. We love to meet up. We just um, saw a client last week in in the city who got engaged and she wanted us to meet her fiance. And so, like, we love to build these lasting relationships with our clients, but we don't always get to see them in person, especially when physically in person we can digitally see them in person right but, but you yeah. know we don't always get to meet them face to face so primarily we have uh we work with them digitally or remotely and that you know week to week and then we do have events here in person a couple times a so, year yeah. yeah so talk about this four-step program 
that you have? Well, so we've seen that there's some challenges. The biggest challenges in dating right now, we've looked at them. We've, you know, been experiencing them both personally and with clients for a long time now. So we were trying to think how to counteract that. So again, one of the biggest challenges right now is people want this elevated partnership that Ashley's talking about. You know, the they want the long-term relationship full of love, desire, compatibility, commitment. You know, we're, we don't want to be, you know, from 1940, we don't just want to marry someone that lives within six blocks from us and that our parents don't hate. Roommate. You know, that's not the criteria yeah. anymore. It's, we have a lot of criteria. We want love, desire, commitment, long-term. So we have these high standards, but again, a lot of people are using the skills, mindset, and strategies that we've been using for decades, but that doesn't get us to that elevated partnership. Um, the other thing, one of the other problems is we've noticed is people will come to us and they'll say, I've tried everything. <laughs> and when we dig deeper, what we usually discover is that they haven't actually tried very many things at all. They have been putting a lot of effort. Sometimes. But what they've been doing is the same two, three, four, five things over and over. And when or they don't. More aggressively. And then <laughs> over time, they just get more intense and more frequent frequent with these same thing that strategies that aren't working. So they might be spending all this time online dating, but in the end, they haven't really tried everything. They've just tried the same kind of things over and over. Um, another one of the biggest problems is that because of the way society is right now, right? Everyone wants, everyone's busy. We want to do things as quickly, as efficiently, as effectively as we can. Right. And that is good, but in dating, in human relationships, that causes some problems. Especially if you don't have a systematic approach to doing it quickly. So people are my people's mindset right now is they're ruling out people. They're looking to reject people, not rule someone in. Oh, isn't so that the truth? Initial mindset of let's say going on a looking like, at an no, online profile no, no, no. or going on a first date or going on a third date. We're focused on how can I quickly find out if this person as possible, if this person has red flags and if they're wrong for me, mm -hmm. like that's most people's mindset. And you do need to do that. But if that's your primary driver of how you're connected with someone, number one, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're going to find problems with everyone. And number two, you're not connecting with anyone because, you know, think of it. If you start an interaction with someone, and the first time you meet them, your your only your primary you know mindset is you're judging them to look for all the bad things you possibly can so that you don't have to see them again if they're wrong for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that just leads to like you don't have a connection with someone. Oftentimes, too, that's why people say, "I'm going out with all those people. I never have chemistry with anyone." Well, yeah, of course, if you're looking for all the bad, th wrong things of someone. You're not going to have chemistry with anyone. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Since I'm a matchmaker, I just, can you repeat that one more time for people? Well, <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> well, even, okay, think about this. If, if you're looking for a job and going, looking for these jobs or going to interviews, the, the only thing you're thinking of is I want to look for all the bad things about this company or this job so that I can move on as quickly as possible if it's not right. Mm -hmm. That just sets you up 
to not connect with the guy, person, man or woman that's interviewing you, it, it sets the relationship up on a wrong foot. Mm-hmm. And the way that we see that manifest itself the most is that we hear this pattern from especially women where they're meeting a lot of men. They're meeting men who are good on paper, as they say, like that they feel like they should have a connection with, but they're not feeling any chemistry with that person. And then they're finding themselves drawn to and having chemistry with the men that are non-committal, that are not ready for a relationship or that have a series of red flags. And so that is the big, I mean, essentially at the end of the day, that boils down to the men I want aren't interested in me or aren't pursuing me. And that's when we know that there are really some blocks to chemistry there that usually have to do with mindset that's not helping them to be successful or to create that chemistry. Right. So the, the way the way most people have dating set up is totally opposite of what works. Mm-hmm. So most people are very picky early. So they're looking to rule people out. They're looking to reject people as quickly as possible. So they're very picky early on. And then if anyone has, if they have any chemistry or connection with someone, if someone sneaks in and they have chemistry or connection with them, then that they connect with that person and all their pickiness goes out the window and they're not picky at all. They get into an exclusive relationship. They may even get married. Uh, but you know, now there was someone six months, a year, two years, and they're totally wrong for each other. What we teach our clients is you want to totally reverse that. You want to be open early. Like you should barely even be looking for compatibility when you're first connecting with someone, you should be looking what you like about that person. What, what do you find interesting? How can you connect to this person? Then, so you're open early and then you start getting pickier and pickier and more selective. And before exclusivity or before you get engaged or marry someone is when you're at your most picky and when you're most selective, when you can actually be selective about the data that's in front of you, when you actually know someone. That's so well said. Yes, absolutely. Most people are picky about this stereotype they're making in their mind about the person. What we teach our clients is get to know someone and then be uber selective about the data about what you actually know about the person. That's when you want to be picky when you actually know about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're unintentionally picky about the wrong things. Yes. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, my gosh. So now um, let's get into as far as couples. So let's say you've met that ideal partner. And um, in this day and age, with busy professionals, partnership, there's obviously quite a few challenges. How do you keep that relationship thriving, alive, and fresh and new? There are four elements that we really focus on with our clients to help them be successful long term. And that's chemistry, compatibility, connection, and commitment. And so those are really the pillars of a successful long-term relationship. The four C's. Yep. The four (laughs) C's. Yep. And they're part of what our never settle solution that we teach our clients so that they can always be, I kind of think of them as like the, the rungs that are, are, that we're throwing in the air, right? Like we have like four wheels that are turning at all times. 
in each one of those areas. And what happens in a relationship long term is that every once in a while, one of those wheels stops working and it gets a little squeaky and it needs some oil. And so when you really have those pillars to look at and you know, okay, these are the most important areas. Is there any one of these areas that's suffering right now? Then you can focus on giving some oil to that wheel. You know, is it that we've just had a baby and now we're not feeling as attracted to each other and we need to work on bringing some of that chemistry and attraction and sexy back into our relationship? Is it that, you know what, we have taken on some different interests and we haven't been spending as much time together lately. So there isn't as much connection and we need to work on that, you know? And so it gives them a really easy way of diagnosing the area that needs focus. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I would say is the first step is just realizing how important this relationship is to your to your life, to your contentment, to even your success in work, in your career. You know, if you have a great marriage or a great relationship, that positively magnifies other areas of your life. If you have a very negative relationship that's not going well, that can bring down all other areas of your life. So it's about knowing your why. So you gotta know your why. Like, because, because to have a great long-term relationship, you've got to prioritize. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know your why, if you don't, if you don't know your why, you won't prioritize it. And you'll just kind of settle in to whatever life is throwing at you. And that's kind of the relationship you're going to have together. And if you don't know the motivation for having that in your life and the value that it brings into your life, it's very easy to be looking at the grass is greener. Because when you're not feeling as much chemistry because something has happened, let's say, you know, that's created a little bit of a disconnect, then suddenly everybody else around you seems more attractive, you know, right. and then you start going, oh, well, you know, my friend, blah, 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 really has a lot of passion and chemistry in her relationship. Or, you know, that guy that I work with, he is pretty attractive. Mm -hmm. And that's when these little rips happen. But if you know the reason why you choose a partnership with somebody and the value that it brings into your life and the value that you give to their life, it creates a lot more solid of a foundation to continue to work on the relationship and make it a priority because there's always challenges. And um, just like, so one of the things we've seen is that in dating, a lot of times, you know, we all have strengths in our personalities. So maybe mine was that I'm, I'm, I'm funny. Okay, I'll just put it up. Oh, come on. I am funny. And, and I'm all, funnier than you are. We all have strengths. <laughs> we all have personality strengths. Like we have one or two or maybe three things where that stand out about our personality. And one of the things that can happen is growing up or as an adult, you, you notice, oh, I'm funny or I'm this or I'm that. And then you start going to that place more often you and then all of a sudden you might become a little bit one dimensional as I used to be with humor. Like I was funny all the time. And so your one of your greatest strengths then becomes a little bit of a weakness because you're relying, you're going, you're using that muscle all the time when it's just one of your muscles. Mm. And um, so one of the things we teach our clients in dating is you have these other qualities inside of you already. We're not, we're not putting anything into you in terms of your personality, but we're bringing like another element or two out of you that's complementary to let's say being funny, but it's already inside of you. 
you just have to express it. And one of the things that happens for couples is a lot of times they get one dimensional in the habits they set up. So maybe all of a sudden you're no longer lovers. You're no, the chemistry is kind of gone. Maybe now you're just professional problem solvers and teammates. Like all you talk about is, okay, how do we get the kids to school? Okay. What do we, how do we pay these bills? And you're really good teammates. You're good, good professional problem solvers, but the connection and lover aspect, the desire aspect, you, you've neglected it. And that so is so what, common. Yeah. yeah. So as a couple, when we help them, a lot of times it's just getting out of the muscle they've been using that is actually good. You do want to be teammates. You do want to be able to solve problems, but that can't be the only muscle you're using if you want to have a great long-term relationship. I love that. Gosh, it's so well said. Um, you know, I would say like some simple things just to give like an action, a couple of action items on that. Cause I think that helps for people to have something tangible. It's just something as simple as, as a date night, whether that's out for an hour in the house for an hour where you connect and you get an opportunity to create some of that chemistry and romance through conversation. And another really good thing for couples long-term when you're feeling like you're kind of stagnant is working on a project together of some sort that you can both get excited and passionate about. It doesn't always have to be something physical. Like it could be something as silly as watching a new Netflix series together and talking about it. Like there are so many little ways to go about it, but it's about getting out of that routine and making a choice together to do something different. And and the other, one of the things we always tell our clients is you want to put the connection between the two of you first before you do anything else. Because one of the things we see is, you know, life starts getting in the way. You start having some, we all have issues. Ashley and I have issues that we need to solve monthly, weekly, and, um, you know, problems to solve. And, but what happens is a lot of times we can get problem focused. So we forget about the connection that we have and we just say, all right, but how do we solve this financial thing? Or how do we solve where we're living? Or, you know, whatever it is, how do we solve dealing with our parents? Um, and That's a constant one. So <laughs> in any challenge, there's going to be a connection problem and a, a practical problem. Most people only focus on solving the practical problems. But it's more important to solve the connection problem first and then once you're more connected and the warm feelings you have toward each other has elevated again, it's a lot easier to solve the practical problem. If, so for example, if you have a financial problem, if you're disconnected and you're a little bit annoyed with each other and you're a little bit frustrated that he spent this and you were trying to save and she did this, it's almost going to be, you're going to be blocked from solving the practical problem because you're going to be emotionally disconnected and you're not going to be able to come up with these solutions together. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense. Gosh. Well, this has been um, amazing. I can talk to you both <laughs> forever. You have so much great wealth of knowledge. I appreciate you two taking the time to spend with me and our listeners today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you for Absolutely. having us. Absolutely. I want to I find out how can listeners um, find you. Well, uh, go to our website. It's uh, date to soulmate.com. And the best thing you can do there is we have a quiz you can take. It'll take probably two, three minutes. And uh, we've identified 
15 forever single dating patterns you could be stuck in when you're single. And uh, we'll help you identify which ones you're in and then teach you the specific ways to navigate to get out of them. So go to date to soulmate.com. You'll see the quiz right there and we can go from there if you're interested. Great. Great. Well, thank you again. And thank you, Nick from cloud studios in Seattle. Appreciate it. Um, also, for anyone who's interested in matchmaking services and coaching, um, I can be reached at Peggy at straighttotheheart.net or straighttotheheart.net. And I'm debuting a coaching program called Manifest Your Soulmate. So I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us, Peggy. Thank you.